Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Rivercats 9 Lives podcast. Our guest this week is a man who had 61 stolen bases over two seasons with the Rivercats. Also made his big league debut in 2022, Bryce Johnson. All right, we're on the Nine Lives podcast. We have Bryce Johnson with us. Bryce Johnson, San Francisco Giant, Sacramento Rivercat. And first of all, great to see you. What's going on with your uh, with your offseason? What have you been doing? Man, you know, just relaxing, you know, taking it all in these last couple of weeks. Uh, just been, you know, out on the lake. I told you before, you know, just, just seeing family. I'm here for a little bit. So just trying to, you know, relax for a little bit. Workouts start up here soon. So, you know, just just having fun. Yeah, you know, it's that you got to decompress after the season and just kind of unwind a little bit before you get back into your workouts. I know you're starting your workouts here coming up, but uh, has that been nice to just completely relax and just kind of take it all in from what happened this season? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, putting the phone down and, you know, just enjoying, you know, family, you know, nice weather. We actually have really nice weather since I've been back, at least here in Houston. So, you know, we've just been, you know, having some fun. You know, it's weird. You you have always known about Austin Dean, and you guys have for, formed this incredible friendship. Uh, you knew you guys knew of each other and played against each other, but now playing with each other, you got to know each other even better. And now you're going to work out with them, and you guys are, you guys are thick as thieves. Talk about that relationship a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so I met Dean. Well, I've always known Dean, and he's always known me. You know, just by growing up here in the Houston area. But uh, you know, I finally met him. I kind of met him during uh, big league spring training. Um, and then when we connected was, you know, that first week in sack, you know, we started talking about old times, stuff like that, you know, our younger days. And then, yeah, just over the whole course of the season, you know, me and him just kind of stuck like glue and just, you know, we, we give each other a hard time, you know, we rag on each other and, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a cool relationship I've developed with him. And you, I mean, that was the one thing about this clubhouse, you know, look, it's not for, it's not for the thin skin. I mean, you, you, you guys go in there, you give each other a hard time, everybody. I mean, you, you go in there, you're going to get a hard time. You get in that clubhouse. It was a special clubhouse this year. And you talk about players get along, but no one is immune to that. I mean, people are going to get a hard time when they go in there. And that's why it was such a great clubhouse. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, first year in AAA last year or two years ago, you know, it was, it was me kind of, you know, trying to get my feet wet because I really didn't know much of the guys. And then this year it was like a completely different, it was almost like I was my first year in pro ball again. Like, you know, just everybody was in there, you know, having fun, you know, you didn't have those guys who, you know, took it too serious, Well, we took it serious, but you know, we tried to have fun with it because the, the season, you know, this, this, this the season is so damn long. It's like, it's like, you gotta have fun. Uh, I mean, that you have to. So, I mean, we just try to keep it loose in there. And that's what we did this whole year. And I thought, I mean, it was one of my best, you know, besides baseball, the stats and all that, it was one of my best seasons I've ever had. Yeah, because you guys had fun in there, you know, and it was the situation. Yeah. No, tell me something. Those Mondays off, having one day off a week, how much did that help the guys? Do guys talk about that? Having the Sunday day game, the Monday off, and the, and the Tuesday night game gives you 50 or so hours to kind of get, get ready for the next game. How much did that help you guys? Yeah, first, you know, we all were like, you know, it's six games against the same team. I mean, it's a pretty much a full week. So it's kind of, you know, you're seeing these guys, these guys multiple times. And uh, after a while, you know, I thought it was perfect. I mean, you always have something to look forward to now. Or, like, you know, la or these last couple of years, you'd have that random off day in there. And then you'd go on like a 20-game, you know, streak yeah. before getting another off day. So looking forward to like every Monday of like, you know, I get to relax, you know, get my body right for like this next coming series was huge. And I, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, me too. I think I think it's great for the players. I think it's great for the coaches. I think it's great for everybody, the trainers, just to get mm -hmm. that time to unwind and get ready for the next game. Now, the call-up. I want to talk about the call-up. 
playing for Brundy, special guy, players manager. Tell us about how the call up went down. You were in the dugout. It was a wild scene, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was a wild day. So obviously we had a day game, so we were already there at the field at like nine in the morning. Um, you know, just went through my 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 day game routine, and then got out there and started warming up. And all of a sudden, Cabby came running out of the dugout, you know, telling – first off, he was just pointing, telling somebody to stop warming up or something like that or coming to the dugout. And, of course, I'm on the farthest side, so I don't know who he's talking to. Matter of yeah. fact, talking to. Finally, I found out it was me. Walked into the dugout, and Brundy at first didn't tell me what was going on. He just said I was scratched. There was just no reason for it. So now I'm kind of going, what's going on? You know, mine's, mine's running a little bit. And then right before the game, Wang was pitching that day. Wang's already in the dugout, ready to go out. And then obviously, you know, Brundy, being the kind of guy he is, waited for everybody to be in the dugout, then told me. And then, you know, obviously, you know, got to, you know, tell everybody. And that was really cool. Must have been. Now, and then uh, you get the call up. The, the first call to your parents, you just tell them, like, yeah. And what, what was their called, reaction? Called Pops. First guy I called. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is he was actually telling me already, like, a couple of days before that he had a feeling, you know, something like this was going to happen. Like, he he already had a feeling. And then called Mama. Mama was all over the place. She was actually driving. She was going to work. Stopped the car instantly. Pulled over. Was crying. Everything like that. Wow. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, not – we tried to get him out there, obviously, for the for the game. But it was just so quick. Everything was moving so fast that they couldn't make it out for the debut. Right. But at least they made it out for the next game. So that was awesome. You know, you're so fired up and you go in there, you put on the Giants uniform and, you know, you're trying to play it off a little bit as you're putting on that uniform. Because, look, you, they still Giants still got to win a game. That's what it's all about. You're going up there to win, win baseball games. So what was that like? I don't ask usually the guys about putting on the uniform and just standing there and being a part of it. What was that feeling like for you? Yeah, I mean, I remember walking in there and my locker was right next to Yaz and Tommy and they were already asking me like if I'm nervous, but the day was so hectic that I, you know, really didn't have a chance to sit down and really compress like what's about to happen. Because not yeah. only are we, not only am I debuting, we're also playing the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and Urias is on the mound. Like it's, it's a big game. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember just sitting there. I think it finally set in. I didn't really feel like nervous nervous because it was just such a hectic day and I had so much going on just nonstop. uh but there was a little moment there before the game where I kind of took a deep breath and was like all right I'm here and then once I got out on the field and after the first inning went by it was kind of like you know just another game which is hard to say and it's cliche kind of saying because everybody says that but it kind of did you know once you blocked out everything and you kind of just got back to you know just playing it was uh it was really cool you know, and you, you know, you, you hear about the rivalry you know about the rivalry growing up, you talk to people about the rivalry, but until you experience it at the big league level, Giants, Dodgers, you feel it in the clubhouse. Nothing has to be said about it. You know, right away, it's the Dodgers. You got to beat the Dodgers, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the stadium was rocking and not only was our fans rocking, so were theirs. Like they travel well, you know, you know, yeah. really well. And uh, I mean, just back and forth, it was nonstop. You know, you could barely after the like for sure the first inning, it was obviously the game started and everything. It was loud. It was hard to kind of, you know, take in focus and everything like that, because I mean, they're screaming 24 seven, even after end of the ninth, they're screaming no matter what the score is. So it was cool to take all that in. The first inning was kind of nerve wracking. But once I got past that first inning, it was it was showtime. 
That's great. And speaking of Showtime, I want to talk about the catch. You know which catch I'm talking about. Here at Derrick, I'm looking at Sutter Health Park right now and that catch you made over the wall. Uh, it's just such an incredible catch. You made some great catches this year, but that one to me in the last couple of years, that was your best one. Talk about the the timing of that and and how do you, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're getting your read and you think I got a chance of making this play. When do you realize you're going to make that step, make that move to make the leap to, to rob the home run? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not real familiar with left field at our field. Yeah. Uh, right field's a little different because you have the short wall. You can kind of, you, you know where you're at. You're kind of already playing on the warning track. So yeah. left field was a little different. So when he hit it, I remember I was like, okay, oh, the ball doesn't fly at night at our field at Sutter Hill. It doesn't fly that well to left. So I know like I, I always have a chance. So I just turned around, took off running. Next thing you know, I felt my feet on the warning track and I looked up and the ball wasn't carrying. It was, it was kind of dying. Yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of a blackout moment. I just kind of like just jumped. I remember, I remember hitting the wall and then I remember the ball going into my glove and then that was about it. And then I just fell down and there it was in my glove. So it was kind of like a weird blackout moment. You kind of just let everything, you know, take over. And it was probably one of the best catches I've made. You know, you're, you're a humble guy. And I always ask you like, was that, was that, you made some incredible catches through your career. Was, do you think that was the best one you ever made? That was probably one of the in game was one of the best catches I've ever made. For sure. Okay. So, so in BP, when you're messing around, you made some good ones, right? In BP, when, I, when I'm able to just mess around in BP, I do some funny stuff. And I've also made some crazy catches, especially in college, because college I would just mess around a lot. But in game, that was by far the best catch I've ever made. You know, speaking of college, you, you started – you've always been a, a, just a threat with your speed and we'll talk about football in a minute, but you know, we talked about getting those reads and you started doing that in high school, but you get to college and the catchers are a little better. The pitchers a little quicker to the plate, but you, you understand, you always talk about that first step and you know, within the first two steps, whether you're going to make it or not, can you elaborate on that? What you told me about, about getting those reads? Yeah. So I always, there's just this weird thing. And I've told you this before, especially with stealing bases that like, that first step, I just know because I think I've, I just know my speed. I know my quickness where even if a ball in the gap, like that first step, if I, you know, time it up well, I feel like I just – I can make the play, you know, no matter what. Um, but, yeah, I think just over the years, God gave me great hand-eye coordination, you know, and then he gave me great speed. So, I think just the ability to use both of those and know how to use them has just over the years, you know, has made me into the ball player I am. But reading pitchers, reading pitchers, that first step yeah. from first base, that first step that you have when you're getting that read and you, you're studying it, that's that's what I like. Uh, yeah. A lot see. of it, too, is reading not only who's throwing on the mound, but also yeah. who's hitting at the plate. I mean, right. obviously, you know, you play these guys six times in a row. You're going to, you know, notice, like, what their tendencies are and stuff like that. So, you know, that plays into a big part of it also. But there's just – I don't know. There's something with that first step with you know being in the outfield and being on the base pass they're just like i just know well it's, it's weird it's, it's awesome <laughs> 61 steals in two years and i think really like look you were uh there was a time you weren't playing for a little bit you were hurt a little bit and then you went up to the big so your your 31 could have been 40 45 50 had you played every day here in, in sacramento and i know, know you take a lot of pride in that i'm always surprised when you're at first base when you don't go you know what i mean like yeah. i'm like he's, he's gonna go right now but it also depends on the situation right for sure you know there's there's different you know the situations pop up where they need me to go first pitch and there's other spots where it's just like let's just you know pump the brakes for a little bit and make something happen at the plate 
You know, your football, you, you had some D1 offers to as a wide receiver. Uh, how much has football helped your baseball throughout your life? You know, what, what is it about football? I know you, you missed that one day, that competitive, uh, how fired up you are playing football uh, once a week. Uh, how much has your football helped your baseball? Oh, I think it helped tremendously. I think, you know, for football too, football is a big mental, you know, game also because you got to, you know, read defenses and stuff like that, you know, especially playing receiver. And then also you got to, you know, learn new positions. But football, I think, you know, made me into a tough baseball player, if you know what I'm saying. Because mm -hmm. uh, mentally, baseball is the toughest sport, I think, you know, there is. And, you know, football, physically, you're going to get beat up. But you can also get beat up mentally in football, too. Um, but I think, you know, just just the over the years of of catching footballs, using my speed, my agility, too. I think agility, you know, doesn't get talked enough, you know, for fast outfielders. Um, has developed into a baseball thing. And I think it's huge for me. And I, I, I'm so happy. I almost, I almost, if it wasn't for my dad, I almost quit football going into my sophomore year. And I thank him as many times as when we bring up football and we watch football, I thank him for it because it was those four, those four years of playing football were probably the best four years of my life. Wow. It was so, awesome. Bryce, was it a situation where you're like, I want to, give up football and concentrate on baseball. I don't want to get hurt. I don't, what, what was Daryl saying to you? What was he saying to you about, about playing? He, well, he's, he played football in college, high school, like that. He didn't even play baseball. Uh, but he wanted me to play football coming out of high school. And I wanted to also just because yeah. of, you know, those game days are different. Um, and I think just over the years of, of playing football, I was like, you know what, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm pretty good at it too. I'm like, I want to play. And then all of a sudden, you know, we started talking about offers and stuff like that. And then baseball, I always grew up, even when I played in high school, I had my best friends, you know, with me, with baseball. So I'd never, you know, left baseball. Uh, and then I was still pretty good at baseball too. And then in high, or uh, when college hit, I wanted to play baseball and football at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, I met Matt Deggs from Lafayette, the uh, Cajuns. And, uh, you know, we started talking and he's a, you know, big baseball guy, you know, love him to death. Um, and, you know, he believed in me, thought I had, you know, the ability to make it to, you know, professional baseball. And we started talking. And then next thing you know, I started playing. Then I developed the switch hitting playing baseball. Yeah. And next thing you know, my, you know, I was full tilt on, you know, playing baseball, you know, because then I started, you know, having MLB, you know, I had the scouts talk to me and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, there could be a possibility that I can make a professional career out of this. And the next thing you know, here I am talking to you. <laughs> I love it. And look, you, you, you started switch hitting late. I mean, look, a lot of guys, they'll switch hit, they'll have their, you know, their dad will have them switch hit at 12, 13 yeah. in high school, but you didn't switch hit till your sophomore year of college, really, right? That's when you full-time yeah. hitter, right? So how was that at first? Was it, you know, natural right-hand hitter? Was it was it awkward the first uh, few months of switch hitting? You, you pick it up naturally? How was that? It was, uh, well, here, I, tell, I think I told you the story how it began. Uh, in college, we had this huge, our batting cages were indoors at Sam, and we had this huge window. And through the window, you could see our head coach, Matt, Matt Deggs's uh, office and he was watching us hit in there and just one day I was in there you know BSing around hitting left-handed and he came in there and asked me you know is this something you want to do and at the time I didn't want to do it yeah uh, and I went home he told me that far it was actually during the summer went home that summer hit nothing but left-handed developed a swing came back for the fall hit nothing but left-handed that fall too and at first it began with 
speed, let's lay the bunt down and then just hit the ball the other way. Yeah. And then I uh, developed a, a swing over time. And then once that spring hit, it was full tilt. I was, I was switch hitting, you know, the whole time. And, you know, I developed a swing because at first it was, it was tough. I hit nothing but machine too. It was like yeah. nonstop, you know, just getting my hands beat up, trying to, you know, figure out a swing. And then finally I got one and then spring hit and yeah, uh, I switched it both times, you know, the whole year. And here I am now still, still work in progress. You Still know, developing that swing and everything. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, look, I'm sure and hitting off the machine is fine, but then you, then you have to learn to hit this. With, yeah, with, exactly. And that was the challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guys throwing nowadays, you know, everybody throws 100 pretty much. So there's still a work in progress developing, you know, being on time to that fastball and then also, you know, picking up off speed and all that. And you're right, though, that was probably one of the toughest things was developing, you know, my – ability to lay off pitches because I'm just not used to it on that side and then I'm right eye dominant too so that so that does help at the plate being left-handed so you know that played a big role in it too so you know it's just like I said though just developing a swing over the years and it's just it's still a work in progress well I'll tell you what uh you know you have a special relationship with Tiny Damon Minder the hitting coach you you guys know each other so well I know he was so proud and happy when you got that that big league call talk about your relationship with Tiny and what what he works on with you yeah so tiny i met tiny my second year actually my first year uh in instructs that was in 17 and uh he was at the time at that time we had a whole new like it was a old school you know all the old guys hitting coaches and stuff like that and then tiny is the only one that's left from that 2017 you know that my class of where i met him Mm-hmm. And it's over the years, me and him just have developed, you know, the, a funny relationship. You know, he's another guy, too, that we just, you know, you got to rag. You got you to gotta go back and forth on each other. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, love Tiny. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's helped me so much over these, you know, last four or five years. You know, one guy that I know that everybody in that clubhouse was, was uh, I mean, excited is the understatement of the year, but just elated, emotional uh four was jason krizan when krizan got that call up i know the whole clubhouse kind of rallied and after all those minor league games all those minor league at bats i mean those national stories it should be what was your reaction when uh when krizan got that that call up well all of us were like it's about time yeah i mean yeah the guy rates at the yeah. plate um but yeah i mean you know obviously we're all happy for him uh uh i couldn't i feel so feel so bad for him because i He's the only guy that I know in there that's about 34 years old. He's the, every time I see him, I'm like, "What's up, old head?" Because he's like the only guy that's about 35 that's in there. Yeah. And then, and then obviously to see him go up, and then he gets his first base hit and everything. It was, you know, I love that guy. Yeah, he's something else I know, and I know that like all you guys, I, a cool moment. I mentioned it uh, the other day, and just uh, the great moment of when when a guy does get called up and the guys gather around the TV and they're watching and the, all the guys and you know, you get sometimes 15, 16 guys yeah. watching the TV, you know, VR gets called up. He gets that double off Bumgarner, mm-hmm. the whole clubhouse going nuts, but that's just one example of many, a pitcher goes in and gets a punch out and guys are going crazy. I think that's, I yeah. love that, that camaraderie, that report guys are fired up for other guys, you know? Yeah. There's something about, you know, being with a teammate, for let's just say two months and then seeing them to go up there on the big, on the big stage. I mean, you got to watch them. I mean, you have to cheer them on. There's just something about that. that that's what I love about baseball is, you know, everybody's for each other, you know, cause this game's so competitive. 
And it's always, you know, we're always like fighting for a job. But when you see stuff like that, I mean, you just got to, you know, put all that aside and, and, you know, root for that guy. You know, when you got called up, you, you play, you're playing center field or, or the corners at, at Oracle. When you go to a new ballpark, minor league or major league, uh, are you going out there and kind of getting a feel for the ballpark before the game and kind of looking at the nooks and crannies of that ballpark and what you can track down and kind of the angles of everything? And I know you picked the veteran's brain. Did you do that at Oracle and pick some veteran's brains about kind of how to roam out there? Yeah, I mean, so when I when I showed up to Oracle, it was already like 3.30 for my debut. Yeah. So I already missed BP and all that. So I had to just walk out there with Antoine and kind of just visualize, you know, being in center field and, and it's a it's a tornado out there. I mean, you look up at the flags, one's blowing one way, the other's blowing the other. So it's it's kind of tough. And then yeah, I never took any fly balls, anything like that. Uh, and then of course we had a day game the next day, so we didn't have BP or anything uh, the next day too. So yeah, I just picked uh, Slater. You know, was really good. Yeah, as all those guys were really good. Uh, they just tell me, you know, when the sun goes down up there, you just don't know. I mean, it's just yeah. swirling there. So you know, trying to visualize you know what these poplars are going to do was kind of tough but uh finally got the hang of it it was it's a it's a great stadium it's incredible so it's beautiful now your debut uh we talked about your debut but what about your your first hit what that was like i mean you could look you you go up there you were over four but you're in there and you make contact all that and all of a sudden you come back then you go back up you get that knock what what was that feeling what was that feeling like yeah i mean I felt like, you know, I told my I told my dad this too. I was like, every time I step in there, I feel like I'm gonna get a hit. Like it was the yeah. weirdest thing. I felt yeah. overpowered, never felt, you know, nervous, like, oh boy, you know, am I gonna make contact or any of that? Every time I stepped in there, it was like it was like I'm on it. It's just not happening right now. And then finally yeah. he gave me a, a good pitch over the middle and then, you know, got that knock in and RBI all in one. Yes. So knocked all those out. But no, it was good. Day game, Oracle was rocking too. So uh, it was that was a fun day, and then of course had the Flores walk off too. To that's right oh. to be a part of that too was awesome. That's right, incredible, right? And it just yeah. it's about you know, and it, look, it's about you know, want to win at AAA, but it's all about winning at the big big level. And you know, yeah. you know, after a game when when you know when the team loses, it's awfully quiet in that clubhouse as it should be. Mm-hmm. But you know, and that's just that's the nature of the beast in the big leagues. It's about winning. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, up there, you know, it's a little different. You know, everybody's more locked in. You know, this is the big stage. So uh, had to, you know, lay back a little bit on the, uh, you know, rag and everything being loud in there in the uh, locker room. But once you get out there, I mean, it's just you, it's a different feeling. Uh, obviously, like you said, you're trying to win. You know, this is this is all about winning pretty much here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and that I think that was what was the uh, coolest thing was playing, you know, in my debut was that series against the Dodgers because I got a full taste of like, this is, this is for real here. Like wow. these guys are going at it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I'd rather be thrown into the fire than have to tiptoe into it. So absolutely. That's awesome. Now you, you start your workouts here coming up this week. What, what, what goes into, you kind of start slowly, right. As you work your way into full workouts. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do. I got an assessment tomorrow just to see where we're at, and then we'll uh, go through workouts, stuff like that. And then uh, at the end of the year, we'll just, you know, evaluate, you know, what we did and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, Monday, Monday will be full tilt day one back at it. And then we probably won't start hitting or at least I won't start hitting until probably like December, maybe. OK, give the body a, a rest from all that twisting and swinging. So and then uh, by then, by January, we'll be full tilt. 
Well, I can't wait to see what uh, what's to come for you in 2023. One more for you, if like, just hypothetical. Say, say you and I were like, just you and I had a race, and it was like a it was a 20 yard it was a 20 yard race, and I had like a seven yard lead. Do you think you could still uh, beat me? Probably with one leg too. Yeah, <laughs> I think I can get one leg. <laughs> All right, I respect it. I respect it. Hey. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, taking some time on the Nine Lives podcast. Appreciate it, my friend. And uh, we will, uh, I'll see you. I'll see you in spring training. Thanks so much. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to the Rivercats Nine Lives podcast, hosted by Johnny Dosco. Please like, subscribe, and share with all your baseball loving friends. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. 